Welcome to the Wellness and Wanderlust podcast. We're here to demystify wellness and help you add a little adventure to your life. Tune in for a new episode every week where we'll hear from incredible guests and talk about ways to be happier and healthier in our new normal. I'm your host, Valerie Moses. Let's get started. Hey there, welcome back to Wellness and Wanderlust, your one-stop shop for ways that we can live our best lives. My name is Valerie Moses, and I am so grateful to have you joining us today. Now, I cannot believe it is already June. This is Great Outdoors Month, which is a month that I really love. So I wanted to make a quick plug for a recent blog post that I put up all about how we can celebrate the great outdoors. Now, this post is specific to Central Florida, but totally worth checking out if you plan on visiting the area. If you're making a trip to the Disney parks or maybe Universal, you may want to get a little off the beaten path as well. And so I hope you do check it out. Getting outside is so important for our overall health and well-being, so I've linked this post in the show notes, and you can also check out the highlights from the post on my Instagram as well. Now, I know we have listeners from all over the world, so I'd love to know how you're getting outside this month too. Feel free to shoot me a DM at Wellness and Wanderlust blog on Instagram, or email me at Valerie at wellnessandwanderlust.net to let me know what you're up to. I would love to hear all about it. This week, I am sharing another kind listener review that came in from Opposite of Lost. The review reads, love this podcast. It's great for self-development, but not in a patronizing or preachy way. One of my favorite finds of the year. Now, thank you so much for leaving this rating and review. It truly makes my day when I get to see them, and this was just so kind. I really do try to kind of steer away from patronizing or preachy. I know that that can come up in the wellness world quite a bit, and we may have some feelings of guilt toward those types of topics, so I really try to steer it in a more positive direction, and so I am so glad that you enjoy the show. For those who have been following the show for a while, please consider leaving a rating and review as well. It is such a great way to lend your support for the podcast. It's free and it helps our show to be seen by others out there who might benefit from it. So I do hope to hear more of your feedback soon. This week's episode is another really fun one. I had the chance to chat with Michelle Sakai, who is an artist whose work focuses on light and energy. Michelle's artwork is all about transforming the soul and providing a spiritual awakening. And when you check out her work, you will see exactly what I mean. In this episode, we talk about how art has the power to transform and heal us and ways that we can incorporate that creativity into our own lives and as a self-care technique. We also talk about Michelle's spiritual journey and how that ties into our art, the basics of energy healing and Reiki, and how Michelle's travels have influenced her path. I cannot wait for you to hear more. So without further ado, let's dive into this week's episode from Michelle Sakai. Hi, Michelle. Thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today. Hi, thanks so much for having me. Well, I am so excited to have you here. You are our first artist to come on the show. And for those who may not be familiar with you and your work, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and about your journey as an artist? Sure. I began painting as soon as I could pick up something and draw. And and I spent most of my younger years in different universities and art schools uh, mostly academic. Spent a lot of time studying abroad and going to different art schools in Spain and France and all over and in the U.S. as well. And I've probably been exhibiting my work now globally, including Japan, Israel, Europe, and mostly in the U.S. So yeah, that's re- it's been a really interesting journey. And I've lived in 
a lot of different places and got my master's in San Francisco and spent six years there and been back to New York City for the last six years. And that's where I'm speaking to you now, right in the heart. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's, that's incredible. Mm-hmm. And I, I am so inspired by all of your travels. I think that the adventures we take in studying abroad that really had a profound impact on my life. And I think it can really impact your overall creativity and your mindset perspective. How, um, how did your travels impact your art and maybe influence that over the years? Definitely. I mean, I think, yeah, I've been, I've been very fortunate that I've, I've had these experiences. I mean, I'm, I'm half Japanese, so my mother still has her family living there. And so from, you know, when I was born to in my twenties, I spent probably two months out of the year, three months out of the year in Japan every summer. And that I'd say had had the biggest impact in my life and my work. And of course, when I was a plein air painter, which is a landscape painter, and I was really influenced and inspired by artists of the Impressionist time period, such as Renoir, Monet, and I wanted to experience what they saw in their lifetime of creating art. And that was mainly in France. So mm-hmm. I went there to study the light and the impressionistic style. And that was a big influence in my work as well. And then just transforming my work and through the years now becoming an abstract painter in a nutshell, which I really never ever imagined I'd be because I never in the past connected with abstract art and didn't think I would be painting that. But here I am painting that. But I think, you know, having this culture, I grew up, my father's Iranian and I had this multicultural in the home and then having all the experiences traveling and it, it definitely impacted my work and, you know, how I saw life and how I still see life and, you know, all the different movements that exist from all of these cultures that definitely played a role in being an art historian, art history major. I had to spend time studying art from around the world. And I think I just took like my favorite parts and saw how I can learn from that and also evolve from that, especially the landscapes. When I was a plein air painter, I would take those landscapes that I saw and, and recreate them. So I would be standing out in nature and painting what I what I saw in front of me and traveling around the world. I did a semester in Italy as well, actually more than a semester there. And um, that was, you know, it was just so beautiful to be in that in that environment and create. And then in Japan, where it's so different, and you have the Zen, you know, (laughs) aspect of it all. And then, um, you know, the culture being so different there. And painting that, I think it was just so interesting, because just have, you know, it's just such a different light and different vibration than what you have in Europe, you know, or in the United States. That's amazing. I'm I'm dying to go to Japan. My dad actually, when he was a pilot, he was flying to Japan pretty regularly, and it was his, fa- his favorite country to go to. I'm a lot more familiar with the European art. I did the European art history in college. So as soon as I heard impressionist, I knew you must have loved the. Um, my French pronunciation is terrible, but the Musée d'Orsay. Oh yeah. Oh my gosh, that is the most that that is one of the most beautiful museums too. Just being in the train station and how cool 
cool that is. But I think that's incredible. The experiences that you got to have and the amount of travel that you got to experience that, as you said, the vibration is so different that it really probably did inspire you in different ways being in these different places. And, you know, in your work, you talk a lot about transformative art. And I do think art has the power to transform us, but I'd love to know what transformative art means to you. So having the experience of being a plein air painter, which is painting what you see in front of you, it's a very different process than being an abstract painter where you're painting from within and the muse is then the focus is within and everything is really just coming from you. And making that shift from being a landscape painter to an abstract painter was just so transformational. And now it's like, I think once I went on to the spiritual path while living in San Francisco and making this transition, it was like, I think it was the the spiritual life that kind of guided me in this different direction and working from within and into the abstract world. And now with that process comes a lot of different things and, and working from a very different place, which is really myself and my emotions and the experience of translating that onto the canvas. So to me, it means really just connecting with my inner emotions and breathing into that space and allowing whatever it is to surface, whether it's joy, sometimes sadness, fear, anger, shame, whatever those emotions are bringing up through me and onto the canvas. And so I call it transformational because, you know, I feel those emotions coming, coming in and out and through me and it's constantly evolving and feel like all feelings, they pass, you know? And sometimes I think like, in the, especially in this, this day and age, we're not really focusing so much and on our inner, inner selves and nurturing that part of ourselves that I think my process is painting, but other, you know, everyone has their own processes for that. But, you know, having that for me, I just, it, it's so healing. And, and so I call it transformational art because I literally feel the transformation of my emotions and through that, my soul, my, my inner spirit, you know, whatever you want to call it. And there, it, when with that, there's just so much healing that happens. And I believe that when I'm working from this deeper place, others connect with that when they see my work. And even if they don't, you know, maybe it's not conscious, maybe it's subconscious, but I truly believe they do. And it may evoke, and I hope it evokes their own inner feelings of what, you know, whether it's whatever, you know, if they're connecting with what I'm connecting to, which I believe we all do since we're all in this, you know, human body and walking the earth and, you know, having these life experiences. So, so yeah. And and I I hope I answered your question. I don't even know sometimes. (laughs) No, absolutely. I think you did. And I would, I would love to know too, because I think that's such a, it's such a beautiful transition from in our society. We are very much checking off a box and doing and doing and doing, and we're not really feeling the feelings. I think the pandemic maybe forced us to do a little bit more of that and to be a little bit more still. Mm-hmm. I would love to know what what inspired your spiritual journey and kind of what has that looked like for you over the years? You know, I believe we're all spiritual beings. I think I, I was um, fortunate enough to have these experiences of travel and being able to, you know, go to different universities and try different things and even focus on my, my creative self because I think you know, so many people have that and they may not be able to uh, focus on that because they may not have the means or whatever it is. And for me, I felt like 
there was always this part of myself that felt like there was more to life and more to the nine to five, the, you know, it was the searching. And I think I was on that path of, of just searching for more and for a deeper experience to life. And so when I had the time and the, you know, like you just said with COVID, I mean, I I completely agree with you. I think Mm -hmm. that having that globally, you know, it forced people to really be still and the distractions were less. And so I think I came to that kind of, that kind of place. I mean, it was way before COVID, but um, I, I, you know, I came to that place and, and I have, I'm a big Eckhart Tolle follower and I've some other teachers that I have been following and think I, I had some, just that search that was always there in the background and through struggles and through life experiences. And I was looking for something deeper. And when I came to a point of finishing school and my, my master's and wondering what the next step was, I, that, you know, that kind of, I think for me was that transition time and more, you know, work on myself and searching within. And as that happened, you know, as that was happening, my art was evolving. So it was interesting. I think they both feed each other and they're both parts of me. And so it was kind of, you know, it makes sense if my, you know, my work was evolving and I was evolving. I think you really can't think about one without the other. So I, I really do love that. I am very inspired by your art as well. I've loved looking at it online and it, it is absolutely beautiful, but I would love to know more about what, of course, I'd love to know more about what inspires your art and a little bit about um, your art pieces for those who haven't seen them. My process, which has now evolved and what I've been doing in the last, I'd say 10 years is working on metal leafing. So I line all my canvases with gold or silver, sometimes both copper, and I use oils over them. And sometimes there's layers upon layers, but I love working with this metal leafing. It's highly reflective. I just you know, find it to be like jewelry. It just sparkles. And I really appreciate the beauty in, in all things. And I think I, I always strive to make wherever I am or wh- whatever, I, you know, just more beautiful. And I think with my work, like I just explained about my process and it's, uh, it's healing for me, but I also hope that it brings that to people's lives and their homes and, to, and for them to be surrounded by something that makes them happy and it's beautiful to them. I, I love that. And I think that art really does have the power to heal. You know, you see it in art therapy these mm-hmm. days and that has such a profound impact for so many people. Can you tell us a little more about the healing power of art, whether our listeners are interested in maybe pursuing art or incorporating a little more art into their lives or how art can heal us as well, um, just as viewers, as consumers? Absolutely. So that process I was explaining earlier about my work and how I create is, you know, you don't have to be an artist. I mean, I pre-COVID was volunteering at, at Harlem Hospital and I would paint with the children and, you know, it was amazing to work with them. And they were all there for, you know, they were all ill in some way, but I saw how the art really just transform them. And um, I've also done uh, different workshops. One is the Spiritual Center of San Francisco, and I led a workshop there as well. It was all adults, but you can see how transformative it could be. And just the simple process of connecting 
with yourself and taking the time to go inward and asking yourself, what am I feeling right now? Or to allow yourself that space to, to go within. And it's kind and it doesn't, you know, it'll, you'll be surprised what comes up because sometimes like working with kids that, you know, they'll get, they'll have a memory of something that maybe just having that moment to sit and go into their feelings, they're triggered by something. And then it, and then a different, a memory comes up. And what's beautiful is, is you can see the pain and the, you know, I experienced this myself because like I said to you, I connect with, with my emotions when I'm painting and whatever it is that arises, I accept and I meet with open arms. And, and so I go to some, some dark places, but what's interesting and what is always the case for me is that I always move into the light as I'm working and I find myself because I'm allowing that space and I'm giving myself that space to, to feel and to connect that I move through it. And then I end up with, with something really beautiful. And, and a lot of these kids that I'm working with they're you know, we just put that attention on it and then you see them working and then, and they walk away with something so beautiful. And it's, and what's so great is they're no longer carrying this or burying whatever past experience, negative experience or suffering, or they're letting it come up to the surface and then they're letting it go and they're creating something beautiful. So I think it's, it's a great tool and it's a great way for everyone to just get in touch with themselves. I think there's something so poetic about that too, about, you know, how the light comes out if you kind of accept that darkness and kind of move through it. Because Mm -hmm. I think we are so conditioned as a society when you have that negative emotion, we want to be positive. So we just kind of push it down and push, push, push. So I love that. Yeah. And I'm a big believer of the opposite. I, I'm like, I, I'm like, if, if you're feeling those, like, let that come out, you know, face, confront those emotions, let them be, give them the space to be heard and to feel. And I definitely, I'm not a person that's like, oh, you know, do your positive affirmations and let, you know, I think it's great to do positive affirmations, but I also think it's great to feel what you're feeling. Yeah, because I think it can be so easy to stuff it down and replace it with unhealthy food, unhealthy coping mechanisms, just letting it all boil up until you end up getting angry about someone sending you an email the wrong way. And that's your boiling point where, you know, there's something small like that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I love that. And that has to be so inspiring working with the kids too. And I'm sure you learn a lot from them. Oh, yeah. I say I do it. I do it for more for me than for them. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. That has to be such an incredible experience. It is. And it, it reminds me to also to just, you know, kids are so pure and, and you know, they could be in the hospital with hurting with their whatever it is, you know, and <laughs> when they're when they're in the art, when they're painting with me, it's like they're so in the moment that they're not even thinking about why they're there or their pain or they're just you know, enjoying the moment of what they're doing. So such a lesson. Yeah. It's, that's beautiful. I would love to tap into, I think we all would love to tap into more of that in our own lives. And that has to be, you know, being around kids who are embracing the moment and enjoying themselves, that has to be somewhat contagious too. It is for sure. For sure. So for listeners who may want to pursue their creativity in a new way. Maybe they enjoy art. Maybe they've had creative outlets in the past and they've sort of 
you know, let those go and they have gotten into maybe a nine to five grind and haven't taken the time to focus on the things they love and they want to bring more creativity into their lives. How can listeners start tapping into that and start using art to connect with themselves? If this speaks to you and it's something that you think, oh, that sounds fun or is exciting, you know, or something you want to try, then I say that's, you know, that's great to do it. I mean, I wouldn't force, you know, everyone has their own creative outlet, but I think just to take that time and the space for yourself is what's important. But if this does speak to you, I think getting some simple material, what I do with the kids at Harlem is um, watercolors and just paper. So you, you don't have to be or, or have had art experience, you know, any paper with a water and some brushes. It's very, you know, it's quite simple to, to navigate and, and it's a lot of fun. I love that. I, you definitely inspire me to want to kind of tap into some of that again, because I remember in school art, you know, art and art history were two of my favorite classes. I loved to look at art and learn about, because I think art also tells us so much about the society that it came from and about the artist and about, I think, humanity. And so there was that inspiration. And then also actually creating and doing something with your hands. I think there is something so therapeutic about that. Yes, yes, definitely. I think so too. Now you incorporate other spiritual modalities into your life. You're a sound healer and a Reiki master. Tell us a little bit about what inspired that and what all you do with with those forms of energy healing. So I was introduced to my shaman about 10 years ago, maybe. And I think that was probably the first time I had Reiki done, I want to say. And my body, I just responded so well to that. And I just wanted to be attuned and be able to do that on myself. Um, So my shaman actually attuned me and I started practicing after that. And, you know, I even practice it. I Reiki my art. I Reiki, I mean, I Reiki a lot of things, (laughs) but the sound, as far as the primordial sound healing, I, I spent some time at the Chopra center and that's where I got certified as a meditation instructor. And um, that was the first time I was exposed to primordial sound meditation. Before that I was, I would say just normal meditation. Um, but without the sound, but that was a very interesting experience because I did have to learn about all different types of meditation there. And I, and I also spent some time studying Ayurveda and other healing modalities as well. I think it was just one journey, you know, when you open one door, the next door, and and then you just want to learn more and more. And I was, I was in that space, in that phase, I should say, at that point in my life. And I'm still learning every day, new things. And I love learning about all different things and, and other healing modalities. But that was a time where I was, I was really just into learning about different spiritual teachers and healers. And I've met you know, several different healers and gurus. So I think that's what opened, opened the door for me. And, you know, I think that's so true about how you start learning about one and the doors open for so many other ones as well. For our listeners who aren't as familiar with Reiki, can you explain a little bit what that is and what would be the intention behind Reikiing your work and how that goes? 
So really in a nutshell, it's, it's about, it's working with the prana. So there's many different words to explain the life force energy within us. So all living things have this life force energy. The Chinese call it chi, they call it prana. I mean, there's many different words for it, but it's working with that life force energy within us. And I, I mean, I do it on my art and, and myself and my loved ones too, especially if they're, in, if they're, you know, in pain. I mean, it's, I, I really, whenever I talk about it to people and they're like, I don't, you know, what is that? I just sit, simply say that it's basically acupuncture without needles. Okay. Right? Yeah. So it's the same concept and the same thing, just without needles. Yeah. And it's one of those things that's so hard to explain. I have not had a Reiki healing yet. That's something that I really would like to do, but I was taking a course that I need to get back to during the pandemic with Kelsey Patel on, um, you know, Reiki 101 and just the small exercises, you know, I am very much into the spiritual side, but sometimes my skeptical side pops in and I'm thinking, you know, okay, what is this really? And Mm -hmm. I really felt it and I was amazed and I was like, I am so powerful. And I had, you know, all of these emotions behind it, but it really, Mm -hmm. it was something, it was so hard to explain and so hard to understand until I did it, but it's so cool. And our energy just plays such a huge role in the, in the world that we don't acknowledge. When, when you said that, it reminded me, I was in, um, I, I, I think I was in Sedona and I, and I, I got, you know, someone gifted me a sound healing bath and, um, I was like, Oh, and you know, I was walking, it was a massage. So I walked in and I said, and the lady just, you know, said, Oh, you could leave your you know clothes on. I mean, we're just going to, um, you know, the massage is the sound healing bath. And I said, no, I want actual, like someone to massage my body. <laughs> and she was like, no, like, you know, trust me, just you you know you'll enjoy it and I was like okay so I laid down and and then they did all you know they had the different bowls and each for those of you that don't know these bowls that I actually have them now in my house but the different sizes make a different tone and and they actually connect with your chakras so so she started you know playing these bowls and and I have to say at the end of it after an hour I mean I felt like I had the deepest massage of my life and I could not believe I said to her oh my gosh like I I'm so sorry for everything I said to you before that (laughs) that was incredible and after I felt that I was like wow you know there's so much that we you know you may have we have these thoughts about like you know what a massage should be but anyways it's 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 a great experience and I I highly suggest it (laughs) I need to do that. I yeah, I think, you know, deep tissue massage or nothing, but at the same time, um, Sedona is one of those places that I just feel a calling to go. I planned a trip for my parents to go there. And so I have the full itinerary. It just, I have mm-hmm. not been yet. So I'm so glad you brought that up because that would be such an amazing experience while being there yeah. too. Yeah. It's one of my favorite places. I just, I just love it. It's, it's like a adult Disney world for me. I, I, I really do. I really do enjoy it. And the same, and it was the same thing with Reiki too. You know, when you first hear about it, it's like, what, does this really work? And when I'm sick myself or have a headache or nausea, I mean, I, I, I really, I work on it myself and I heal myself and it's amazing. I mean, you don't, it just shows you how, like you were saying, how powerful our bodies are and, and how we can heal ourselves. 
You know, there's, Mm -hmm. we hold so much within us. And I think we don't even experience most of that because we're not going there. But if you, you do take the time and you go there, it's, it's amazing how much, how much fulfillment we have, you know, we're, we're already whole, but we walk around feeling unwhole, you know, (laughs) because you're like, I need this, I need that. Or, you know, I'm not, you know, but if we take the time to connect and connect with ourselves, you'll replenish that fountain and you can connect with, with your own fulfillment. You know, this is the conversation I needed to have, I, you know, going through some health issues and having some autoimmune, which thankfully I am getting some diagnoses. Finally, I am able to move mm-hmm. forward, but it's so easy to fall into the category of, you know, I'm a sick person. I don't feel Mm -hmm. great. I don't have energy Mm -hmm. and maybe that's all true, but you Mm -hmm. know, at the same time, I do have everything within me and I do have thankfully the medical resources to Mm -hmm. to move forward with it. I have now with, with diagnoses, some of the knowledge and Mm -hmm. I have all these other great things in the world. And so to kind of feel it because it is how I'm feeling, but to move past and to maybe not think of myself as this person who is missing something or not whole, we do have Mm -hmm. it all within us. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think like what you were saying, it's true. Like, look, it's normal to have those kinds of feelings and it's normal to sometimes, you know, not be well, right? We're, We're human. But I think we have, we definitely have the ability to move past that. And I think, I mean, you're also, you know, you have your youth, right? And that, that's very, that's, you know, that also in itself is, is great and can, you you can heal it quicker and more easily than someone that's 80 years old right like mm-hmm. um so i think i'm a big believer and what they say which is all sickness is blocked energy and if you think of that alone it's like well okay how can i unblock that and for everyone it's it's of course it's very different and there's different sicknesses and different but if you look at the core of it well louise hay has that book it's called heal your body and i remember getting that i remember the first time you know when i looked at that i was like wow you know there's just it's so eye opening and we do a lot of things that sometimes i don't think is maybe even necessary or that we we can we have the power ourselves to to change our state of being. So anyways, I'm kind of, I'm kind of rambling on to something else, but no, but I, I completely agree with that. And I think of course there's modern medicine and, mm-hmm. you know, having great doctors and great surgeons and what have mm-hmm. you. But I still remember as a child, I, I ended up having a sinus procedure that saved my life. And, you know, the mm-hmm. doctor that saved me was incredible genius, did a procedure that was not done at that time. Something that I also think helped me though, going into that, my, uh, my dad was always into some of the woo woo. And, um, I think, I think before we were really seeing it and he did hypnosis with me when I was going through all of that and had me picturing, oh, it was actually, it was funny. Cause it was the family pets helping me heal. Um, cause that was what my five-year-old self could kind of understand, but we did all of that visualization as I got older. And that helped me through cheerleading tryouts and through, other, you know, not as challenging situations later on. And I think that visualization though, well, 
I, I truly believe that the doctor that I had saved my life. I am so grateful. But I do think that having having that visualization and that that thought of healing from within, I think that it helped my recovery process. Absolutely. I'm sure it I'm I'm sure it did. I mean, what a gift to have parents like that <laughs> because I mean, I'm I'm with you on that. I'm a big believer of of all of that. I mean, in so many ways because I live my life that way. And I mean, and I didn't when I was younger because I did not come from a family like that. So once I found this path and I started doing, you know, a lot of different things, whether it was vision boards or visualizations, which I, you know, still do all the time. It's amazing. I mean, you can't make it up, you know, you mm-hmm. can't. We can't create changes in our lives if we don't believe that they're going to happen. Right. Right. That's true. And mm-hmm. I think the first way to do that is to, is to see it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I'm a person that I, I believe things when, when I experience it, you know, I, mm-hmm. you can listen to all the podcasts you can hear, you know, you can go hear gurus talk, but like, for me, I was like, I needed to have certain experiences. I've had out of body experience. I've had lots of experiences that spiritual experiences that I think if, if actually I know, I know myself and I wouldn't have believed them if, if I didn't go through them myself and, you know, everything I think happens on divine timing and you can't force things and what comes to you, I believe comes through you. So I think as long as you're open and you're there to receive, then it will, it will happen on again on divine timing. I completely agree. And that's funny that you mentioned receiving. We had a guest on the show not too long ago to kind of talk about that receptive side because we don't always hold space for that or for receiving each other. And I think it's something that's not always valued in our society, but it makes us whole. Yeah. I mean, I think it's definitely, yeah, balance of receiving and giving and, and doing, right? We probably are in a society where there's more doing and doing than receiving. I don't know. I think it's definitely a balance that the receiving is the is the female energy, right? And the mm-hmm. doing is the masculine energy. And we each hold that within ourselves. So finding that balance, mm-hmm. you know, is, is, I guess, what what's important. Absolutely. Now, I would love to shift gears a little bit and dive into a few of our rapid fire questions so our listeners can get to know you a little more. Okay. Wonderful. So our first question is, what is your top wellness tip? I would say to take several deep breaths throughout the day. If you're a person that you don't want to meditate, because I would definitely say maybe meditation first thing in the morning. But if you're someone that just is very active and minded and you don't want to do that, I would I would set start with maybe setting an alarm on your phone once throughout the day for you to take a deep breath and to connect with yourself. That's how I started. And then next thing I knew, I was taking many deep breaths throughout the day without an alarm. So I think it's a great start. I love that. And I think the alarm really makes it I think easier when it's not a habit for you and probably something I need to implement because I can't be a little bit all or nothing. I'm either going to do my meditation practice or it is a go, go, go day and there is no in between. And I think um, not to say that there can't be. And I think having that alarm set and carving out that time is a really great way if you need the discipline to do it sometimes, because it can be easy to let that go to the wayside. But I'm amazed at the power of a deep breath when I'm in a challenging situation and how much better I feel after I've focused on my breath, even for just 30 seconds to a minute. 
Yes. Yes. I agree. I agree. Now this might be a tough one because I know you've had a lot of amazing travel adventures, but what would you say is your favorite travel destination? Hands down, I'd say Japan. Yeah. Yeah. Japan. I mean, there's the countryside, there's the city side. And I think not just because I'm Japanese, but I really think it's unlike, it's so different from so many places. It's very unique. The culture is unique. And I'm a big, yeah. And of course I'm, I am biased. But it's my favorite food too. So, <laughs> hey, The food is such a big part though of travel. It is, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Food. And I think the, the people, the culture mm-hmm. and I think uh, I've never, I haven't heard anyone yet complain or not like it. So I think it's, it's a definitely a different trip. I mean, if you ask me like in terms of like a relaxing beach vacation, I'd I'd give a different answer, but in general, I would definitely say Japan. I love that. It is a hundred percent on my list. I can't wait till international travel becomes more of a reality. Yeah. Yeah. Now, if you were an animal, what animal would you be and why? I was an animal, probably a bird of some kind, <laughs> because I, I really do like to, I, I'm, gosh, uh, probably, yeah, probably a bird because I can fly to so many different places. And um, at the same time, you're kind of above from all the chaos. So it's probably more peaceful up there. <laughs> I love that answer. We've had a few people answer bird, but I haven't heard that reasoning for it. And I think that is so cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And being away from the chaos. Yeah. Well, you can join the chaos sometimes, right? You go down and you could be like, oh, I'm in, you know, I'm in the center of it all. And then when you're enough, you could, you could fly up and be away. (laughs) Yes. A (laughs) hundred percent. I love that. Um, If you could master a completely new skill, what would that be? Cooking? Cooking? Yeah. I'd say cooking. Yeah, I wish I could. I mean, wellness blogger, I am not a particularly (laughs) (laughs) so I can completely relate on that. Yeah, yeah. And what would you say is next for you on your bucket list? Well, I'm planning a safari at the moment. Oh my gosh. Yeah, so that's my plan for December. We're doing all around uh, Cape Town, Kenya, doing a couple of safaris, so I'm very excited for that. That's my next, that's my next trip. Oh my God. My big, my next big trip. I have some other trips before that, but that's my, that's my next big one. That sounds amazing. I will definitely be stalking Mm -hmm. your social media to live vicariously (laughs) through you for that. That's, that's awesome. Uh, Yeah. Now, before I let you go, where can our listeners find your work? And, you know, we have listeners all over the country. Um, where can they see your work in person or online? So my website is michellesakai.com. That's Michelle with two L's and Sakai, S-A-K-H-A-I.com. And my Instagram is Michelle Sakai Art. And as far as shows, I have a sh- my, my next coming show is Memorial Day weekend. And that's in Kenny Bunkport, Maine at KW Contemporary Gallery. She's right in the heart of Kenny Bunkport. It's a cute little town right along the water. And I showed there last same time last year. So I'm doing another exhibit there this year. I'll also be doing a show in Cape Cod as well in September. And then I have a New York solo show 
October 22nd at Space 776 Gallery. And that is right in New York City on Clinton Street. Oh, and yeah. one more thing I do, yeah. I forgot to mention, I have a book that I created called Awakening. And that it's a compilation of 200 of my paintings along with my personal quotes. It took me like a year to make this book. So I truly hope you all enjoy it. And you can purchase it on my website, michellesakai.com um, for under artist book, or you can buy it on Amazon. Wonderful. I'll make sure to link that too. I think that um, it will be amazing for listeners to really get to experience your work in that way, along with your words. I think that is so inspiring and I can't wait to see what you do next, but we'll make sure to link all of your shows and, um, and your contact information as well. Thank you, Thank so much you. for joining us. Oh, absolutely. It was a pleasure. Thank you for having me and all of you that spent the time to listen. I really appreciate it. And I hope it was somehow uh, helpful in some way. It was such a joy speaking with Michelle. Now I have her book Awakenings at home and her artwork is absolutely beautiful. You know, I mentioned that before. You can also check it out on social media to get a feel for what her work is all about. But I love what Michelle had to say about how she moves into the light when she's painting. Even when she starts out in a dark place, I think the same can be said for all of us metaphorically as we process our emotions and move toward the light in our own lives. I really love the concept of art as a healing modality. I hadn't really thought of it that way in the past, and it's not something that we talk about very often on the podcast, but I think art really does have such a transformative effect for so many of us, whether we're viewing it or we're creating it. In fact, not too long ago, I actually polled listeners on Instagram to see what types of self-care practices everyone was incorporating these days. And quite a few of you mentioned painting and pottery as ways that you practice self-care and unwind. Music also came up and I would categorize that as art also. And this conversation and your feedback, all of this has really inspired me to create something. I really miss having those creative juices flowing and I'll keep you all posted on what comes up in that process. If you're feeling inspired as well, I'd love to know what you end up creating. Now, I have linked Michelle's information in the show notes along with her tour dates for the remaining tours this year. Be sure to check out her book as well. You will truly love her work. As always, thank you for sharing a part of your day with us here at Wellness and Wanderlust. I mentioned this before, but if you enjoyed this episode, it always means the world to me when you share the episodes, when you rate and review the episodes. And tag me, of course, on social media if you do share. I'm at Wellness and Wanderlust blog on Instagram. Feel free to reach out if you have a topic you would like to see. You can shoot me an email at Valerie at Wellness and Wanderlust.net. And of course, reach out to me on social media if that's easier for you. I'm considering doing an Ask Me Anything episode because we haven't done a solo in a little while. It would be more of an Ask Me Anything Within Reason type of episode, but if you have questions you'd like me to answer on the show, feel free to send them my way as well. It can be about anything, you know, wellness-related travel, suggestions in Central Florida with things to do. Um, really my thoughts on whatever you would like to know. And if it's something I'm comfortable answering, I would love to answer that on the show. Now, I hope you have a wonderful day and I can't wait to see you next week.